live to tape currently right now we've just introduced the podcast uh, by using uh, certain tones and sounds the podcast has been introduced and started this is Johnny Pemberton it's called live to tape because it's essentially that these are sounds of people hitting things in the background <laughs> you know what you do? Oh, man isn't that good I have a guest in the studio right now. We are reminded using <laughs> using a harmonic device. We are reminded of the duality, the cost, the benefit of any <laughs> given choice. As you stand at the top. Of a double black diamond. You stand at the top of a double black diamond. A place to ski, a place to wish. Oh, the snow gives you that kiss. That cold crystal cut that comes from beneath (laughs) that six-sided star. That's like a skate for your feet. You're going downtown and you're going to hit up that chalet. You're going to go touch that fire and get real gay. You're going to feel the heat from that cheese curd a-popping as the cheese drips down and the cheese ain't stopping. You're inside the chalet feeling life like no other. You're inside out. Your daddy, your baby, your mama, your brother. And that was a poem about skiing written by Jack Stratton and James Conroy. 
it's Conway. A lot of people think its name is Conway. It's Conway, like communications. Calm. It's Conway. Hi, hey, now it's just now we're just totally flat. This is gonna be a struggle for me. Is it okay? Just. Well, luckily we have these uh, these back these back blasters on the mics. Yeah, yeah. These these, these mouth occluders. <laughs> Welcome to Live Is Hate. My guest today is none other than Jack Stratton of the band Wilpeck. Yes, my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Very excited. This has been a long time in coming. Yeah. I yeah. Could, probably the, probably, this may have been the longest time in coming of any guest I've ever had on anything I've ever done. In terms of like like uh, inception to, to uh, what, what's the word? What's the word that goes with inception? Inception to, not to birth. <laughs> to inception to uh, Conception. Inception or, to conception. Uh, never mind, yeah. Or conception to uh, delivery or something like that. I can actually tell you the moment where it occurred to me. Okay, I'm ready. I was, I was just jamming, always into the prior twisting the wind, right? right? Mm-hmm. And maybe on that or another podcast, you brought up Sil Johnson and Al Jackson Jr.'s drumming on right. it. Right. I was I'd, a fucking motherfucker. And I just said, oh, it's on now. <laughs> this is my dude right here. Who's, I mean, who's, who's really giving it up for Al Jackson Not Jr.? Not many people are yeah. giving it up for Al Jackson Jr. I mean, I, I had it taught to me. You can move this. Can you want to move that down a little bit? I feel like it's like oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I can't see your face, <laughs> your mouth move. Listeners, we are dealing currently with something. Made by the Sterling Company, it's a uh, foam-lined aluminum sort of tray that's rounded off, and it's put on the backside of these incredibly expensive, beautiful, wonderful German-made Neumann microphones that are condenser mics that pick up everything. If you have eaten or haven't eaten, it will tell you. And as a result, the Neumann sensitivity has to be buffeted by a piece of uh, a piece of physical. Like a physical thing, like a backstop. Yeah, and it looks ridiculous. Someone's someone's turning a hefty profit on yeah. this whole little I mean, direct muffling thing. The popper stopper already is something <laughs> that took me years to get to be like. Really, we got to have the popper stopper for these. You you, you do got to have the popper yeah. stopper. Yeah. Popper, listeners, if you know what a popper stopper is, go ahead and Google popper. Stopper, and the reason you can Google popper stoppers because me saying popper stopper should make the mic do like a boom, 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 boom every time I say a P or a T or a C or a G or anything that goes like a. They make a double. Speaking of which, just go straight to the source. They make a double ply. You Ooh. can buy it on Sweetwater. It's got two layers really? of defense. And it, it, it's it, the price is this. right. Oh, we already got it. Brendan's, up. Yeah. Brendan's on it. Go for the two ply. This is this is really effective though too. It is good. Also, what you can do, listeners, is if you you can go buy uh, some really cheap pantyhose and get a fucking coat hanger, true, and be like a badass person in a, be like Joe Meeks or some shit in your apartment. That's true, yeah. Or you can also put a sock on it. Or you can. I mean, I I love a good windscreen. But we're off the point here. What was he even talking about? I was saying oh. to move the thing. Well, I can drop an Al Jackson Jr. bomb on you if okay. you're ready. I'm I'm ready as hell. Love and happiness. Yeah, love and happiness. It's Howard Grimes on drums. Oh, I knew that. You knew that? Yeah, I was about to say it's the Grimes brothers. It's Teeny Grimes and the, no, the, no, no, no. Teeny Hodges and um the Hodges brothers. Hodges brothers and, and Howard Grimes. But I always, I was marching around telling people that was Al Jackson Jr. on drums. Really? Oh, I thought and all the high record sessions were uh, the team, the Hodges brothers. The Hodges brothers and. Willie Mitchell, the the Producer. engineer. 
would bring in Al Jackson oh, I didn't know that. late night for what he thought would be the hits. Wow. But then to quote him, when he needed something raggedy, oh, he would keep Howard Grimes there. I mean, there's some, <laughs> when, when I hear Willie Mitchell talk, it gets me, uh, it, it honestly makes the hair stand up on my fucking neck. Completely. Because you listen to those records, then they're just, anytime, if you take any time off of any of those records and you come back, you just can't believe just how the production is. It's unmatched. It's, it's nothing ever has ever sounded like that. It's so thick and it's so, ugh, it's just like makes you want to fucking hit somebody. And he, he, uh, yeah, there's some really good footage of him walking around. Al Jackson or Willie? Willie Mitchell walking yeah. around high records around that time, just mm-hmm. kind of talking about the mics and stuff. And, and it, it's, yeah, I don't think anyone's come close. Did you know Michael Jackson tried to buy his preamps? Really? This was probably like in the, maybe the 90s or the 2000s. Michael Jackson tried to buy Willie Mitchell's preamps. He wanted to pay him like half a million bucks. And Willie Mitchell said, fuck no, motherfucker. I'm not selling these shit. He was like, there's an interview with him in Wax Poetics from probably about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And he is like everyone from that era, just incredibly profusive with this, with the cursing. (laughs) Like you couldn't take him out to dinner. You would get kicked out of a restaurant if you had Willie Mitchell with you because he'd just be like, this motherfucking cat thought he was motherfucking coming here and asked me what what I'm, what I'm dial I'm going to put on Channel 4. I said, fuck you, motherfucker, you dumb piece of shit. Get the fuck. Like, oh, my God. Highly disagreeable people, man. Yeah. yeah. And he was like in his 70s in that interview at least. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I saw about how his kid, they want to they come and record rap albums. I let them do some shit. They don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> Because High's still around, I think. I, know, I think his yeah. kids run it. Yeah, yeah, but it's probably Pro Tools out. I, oh, I, I been, don't know what's going it's on. Been fully proed. Yeah, listeners, we're talking about the record label known as High H I out of uh, Memphis, Tennessee, home to the sounds of Al Green, Syl Johnson, Otis Clay. Who else? You got Ann Peebles. Those See, the, you've gone. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't gone much further than Al Green's greatest hits because you don't. Frankly, you need you don't need to go. Yeah, I mean, there, there, he's I, got I some should. great B sides. I feel like he's got yeah. some great B sides. There's um, it's this endless. Album. Yeah, and it's all the same tone. It's all the same thing. I know that. That's what freaked me out. Even about checking out the other stuff, I was like, you know, it's it's over. It's yeah, the, it's it's, o- it's overwhelming. Those Hodges brothers, man, they just have something. There's something weird going on there. Yes, and uh, so minimal. It's so small. Yeah, I, I went in on uh, Teeny, the guitarist. What mm-hmm. you know? What the heck was going on there? Yeah, and he he's just a genius. And um, but you're a drummer, by that's your main thing, right? That's what you started with. Is yeah, drumming. started with drumming. And yeah. did you ever like? Because you, obviously you're holding a bass in your hands. Let's show them what that bass. Is. Okay, yeah, we got here. <laughs> The Motown special. And just like you get that double ply P filter, mm-hmm. if you want to bring some joy into your life, you go buy a Squire Classic Vibe P bass. How much is that going to cost you? Like 350 bucks? Nowadays, yeah, you're looking at between the three and the four range. That's but this, a good price. This is a quality instrument. It's okay. a very, yeah, I have a J bass from back in the day and it works. I still have it. And you throw on the, you, you Google LaBella's. Jamerson. What's Labella's? It's a brand of strings. Okay. And they make a flat wound string mm-hmm. that James Jamerson would put on his bass and never 
touch for 20 years. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So they're dirty as shit. They're dirty and the action's very high. It's not a comfortable base to play. You gotta be strong. You gotta be strong. Okay. But it's instantly the sound of James Jamerson. Oh, shit. I haven't practiced this one. Any. What is that? Is that a because James Jamerson is the Motown bassist, yeah. right? From the damn. What do I recognize that from? Oh, that's Set Me Free. That's I made. I was made to love her, Stevie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God. It's yeah, yeah, it's really weird to hear it out of context because it has so much. God, those fucking drums in there do so much for it. Oh, me, I'm, I'm really out of tune. Let me play it. I should play that song real quick because then we can hear it. That's one of those. Ooh, that was one. That's one of those ones. Yeah, George Clinton loved that bass line. Everyone loved that bass line. That was Jamerson doing it. Oh, there it is. Do you hear it? Yeah, he's bouncing way more than me. I won't what? play along with it, though. Yeah, you dude. can't. No. Because you, you, you'd be just subtly out of tune, and I'll just, it'll <laughs> yeah. end it forever. <laughs> what was the first thing that got you into, like, this style of music? Do you remember when you first, like, the first thing that you, you heard that was, uh, just a slight pull to probably oldies radio. Okay. That is to say Motown. Motown. So it's um, like probably probably Stevie Wonder even. Definitely. Definitely. Because for me, it was Stevie Wonder. I, I don't remember why. I think I bought Intervisions at Best Buy. Oh, my gosh. The CD, and I just went, I couldn't stop listening to Forget it all the time. Forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that one is, that's top. I think that's top three, I'd say, from him. Yeah. I, I, th- I have a very early memory of Superstition. Yeah, and just thinking, doesn't get better than this, and I still feel that way. Right, and I still have a knee jerk when people, wedding musicians or something, hate playing that song. Oh, really? So you've never played that song, dude. No one's ever played that song. Yeah, it's never been. It's you can't. It's like you you do a version of it. You're playing like yeah. you're playing like uh, Superstit. <laughs> <laughs> or like upper <laughs> when you're not playing superstition. I he did he, and and Stevie actually he talks about how he saw Sly Stone. Yeah, well that to me that was I was just about to say that was actually the first thing I. I feel uh, like everyone, even Miles Davis, that's what we I talked know. about. Is how a lot of people say that. What the? I mean, maybe maybe Sly was a fucking alien or something because <laughs> so. it doesn't make sense how he's influenced so many people. Yeah, and like I had Swamp Dog on the show uh, a few weeks ago, and he was talking about he has an old song from the seventies called "If It Hadn't Been for, If It Weren't for Sly." I think it's what it is, or it "Haven't Been for Sly." It's all about how Sly set the, everything in motion for I, everyone. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't figure it out because mm-hmm. between Stevie and Miles, it's like well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because what? Because Sly was out of San. He was a DJ in San Francisco. 
And yeah. then he put the band together. They just he, dust, dust fools. There's an incredible, I think it got taken down, but footage of them at some Ohio State fair. The Sly and Family Stone. Yeah. Right? No one's come close to the energy. The, really? Because I think they had to do a 10-minute set. It was a talent show. Oh, shit. This is like 67 or something, huh? Yeah. And it, 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 it'll, I mean, you can't, I don't think anyone's come close. Yeah, I feel like the only thing, I, I, mean, I haven't seen what you're talking about, but the only thing I've seen that really got me was seeing Sam and Dave live in Germany. Yes. That one thing. And that's the, just in like, Norway. they're just melting it down. They're like basically, like <laughs> they're living, they're, they're blasting off of fumes or something. You know, there's this thing where, but it's, you, it's, it's Booker T and the MGs up there. Then, but then Otis Redding follows. Yeah. And, and Sam and Dave said they thought, they could close that tour. They would. They would tell. They would. They would say like, "Let us close the night because we're burnt. We're burning it down." Yeah. They said they couldn't follow Otis Redding. I really. I, <laughs> honest. I mean, I'm. I got into Otis Redding first in terms of the stacks people, and I thought Sam and Dave crushed it harder than him. I think personally, looking at that concert. Yeah. I I actually agree. Because it's like they do that long, they just vamp on that thing. And they're just like, they're just beating it over the head over and over again. And it's just this, oh. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm a, I'm a performer. You're a performer. When you see something like that, you think, oh, are we just going downhill now? Because yeah. who's, what, what is there to do? That frenzy, yeah. That frenzy, it's all live. Everyone's fully engaged. You've got just like the probably the greatest musicians alive at that point. People who, like Al Jackson, some people will say invented the backbeat. There's like a, there's like a, a school of thought that says that his drumming's technique and style created something that hadn't been there before. And so it's like, yeah. Well, as we, as we, as we've seen people push the limits of, where you can put that backbeat. Right. I have a fun Al Jackson story. Okay. Where Jerry Wexler right. came into the studio. He's a on, producer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for, for Atlantic. Got it. Um, so Atlantic, listeners who don't know, Stax is a, because sub, subsequently became a subsidiary of Atlantic because they bought it. Or there was a, the owner of Stax didn't read the contract correctly. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> and, uh, so Jerry Wexler comes in, Booker T and the MGs, and it was a it was a Wilson Pickett session, and he starts doing the jerk. Who like, does Wilson Pickett? No, no, Jerry, Jerry Wexler. Wexler. He's just and he's doing the jerk, and he's got he tells Jackson, he says, "Play to this," and he's doing this jerk. Do that, jerk. Yeah, and Al Jackson starts putting the backbeat kind of behind the beat. Yeah, and thus was born that feel. I think wow. I'm for blanking on the session, midnight, uh, the midnight hour. Really? And then they said they use that feel constantly. Wow. And we've, we've since seen how far you can play with that, mm-hmm. you know, the give there with the backbeat. But they were, they were doing it <laughs> long ago. What does it mean exactly? Well, the, way, the only way I think about it is... If you're playing the backbeat, and Bernard Purdy will do this, but you can either play it right with the beat, One, or two. then you can start to flam when you would hit the snare. Right. So it'd be like, okay, 
So now I'm laying it behind the beat. And that's got, that's instantly I hear Memphis. That's Memphis. Mm -hmm. Now, D'Angelo and uh, uh, Jay Dilla and now drummers like Chris Dave. Who's Chris Dave? Oh, unbelievable. He tours with D'Angelo, but as far as drum set players, he's kind of taken it the furthest. What, where you can push. How far back you can put that. (laughs) Or in front and still, and then throw people into these kind of, is so wrong it's right thing mm-hmm. and, and and we've seen how far people can take that but but i the only way i've approached it is just kind of flamming it right and then other drummers have just lined everything up perfectly and that's a sound too that's what keith carlock does who's keith carlock i recognize he that tours name. with steely dan okay right an unbelievable drummer and he he's made it his 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 experiment was to line everything up perfectly, mm-hmm. and it's this very interesting sound. I'm trying to think, what does it sound like then? So obviously, if you play it in your in your knees, it's not going to have that effect. Yeah, it's like, you don't I can't the- do I can't do what he does. But if you listen to the Steely Dan records that he's on, which are the new ones, yeah, Two Against Nature, yeah, on it feels really good, and uh-huh. it's this precision you're not used to hearing that feels really good. Like a little dissonance there. What about some? What about a drummer like uh, what's his name? I don't know how to say his name, but Yaki Libasi, the good drummer from Can. Oh my gosh! I just got hip to them. Okay, <laughs> he's unbelievable. Someone, someone sent me Can as a reference a few weeks ago to listen oh, to. Wow, dude, I'm I'm jealous. That's a fun <laughs> place to be. It was really it's fun. Like, it's like the greatest rabbit hole is the uh, the that that rabbit I hole. I couldn't is believe just, it. Yeah, he's nuts. Someone told me. That he his whole thing was he wanted to emulate he wanted to sound like a, a machine. Uh. That's his whole drumming style is to just sound as like just perfectly. It's like just really yeah. rigorous and yeah tight like a fucking robot. A few drummers have done that really well. Jojo yeah. Mayer can do that. Who's that? He's uh he's he's he does his own thing. It's but it's. Basically, that weird progression of humans imitating computers that were once imitating humans. Exactly. So he actually plays breakbeats live on a drum set, like the really oh shit. And he learned how to do that. Here it is. What is this shit? This isn't this isn't how it starts. It's supposed to be. Oh, this is the future days. That's the problem. Here we go. There it is. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Just I mean, so that's tight. Ridiculous, yeah. The Germans, man. <laughs> I've listened to this song so many times. It's a pop song. It's a three-minute song. Ooh, that's the guitar. insane. Just that strumming. Never heard this.
Now he is he is swinging it in a very cool way. It almost sounds like one of the, like an organ. You push the fucking yeah, swing yeah, button yeah. on the old, the old <laughs> yeah. uh, rhythm ace. <laughs> Do you ever get into that stuff at all with the? Uh, oh yeah. Because that's the that, mind, Yeah. Yeah, I got really into that because I when I was really in my in my sly phase. Yeah. I was super into sly. I was reading about how that's what they used on. There was a riot going on in Fresh. Was this the this new drum machine, the rhythm ace? No, Which they were using the Maestro Rhythm King. Oh, they were. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. That was he would call it the funk box. Yeah, the funk box. Yeah, that was a Maestro, huh? Not a <clears throat> Maestro. Yeah, MK, whatever. Yeah. And he would yeah well, he would too. break them and uh, yeah I went and got the samples online right after that I never bought one. I've got went. one that's similar to it, and it's, it's one of those things where... They all sound alike. They all sound pretty similar, and they also never sound as good as they do. It's like, obviously, you're not going to sound as good as fucking Sly well, Stone. Well, dude, Wolf Compressor. Okay, that's, yes. what I, that's what I was just about to get into here. That changed, that changed the game on my MK2 samples. We're about to talk about a proprietary compressor <laughs> technology. Uh, if you're not interested in proprietary compressor technology... If you are not a student of the audio arts, I suggest you go get yourself an apple and learn how to chew bunny. Go down, go downtown to your local market. Get yourself a fat, fat New Zealand apple. Actually, no, I'm going to suggest a Granny Smith in this situation. You're going to need that. Honey crisp. Honey crisp. Maybe a, uh, uh, that one Minnesota apple, a Brailston or oh. a... Oh, yeah. A gale, a, gale, a, fra- a frog, frog gold or some shit like that. <laughs> Get it, learn how to crunch, and then come back when you're ready to pick up the back end of the audio compression story. Highly proprietary. Please don't go digging around the source code here. You can't. Yeah. No, what, this, is, what is, because I, uh, I don't remember if I asked you about it, or I, I think I maybe read about it. Actually, I remember I read about it. I was working... Um, we, were at, we had like a location shoot for Son of Zorn, and I was sitting around for hours in this hotel in like West LA. Reading, I was reading on my phone about the whole thing and about how you guys emulated the, the DR202. Is that what the it is? The 303, yeah. The DR303. That's right. That really primitive, early orange and black boss sampler that has like no memory. Yeah. <laughs> I almost think I played around with one once years ago, and how you guys basically ran everything through that, and you found a way. Well, you should say you should say it. Well, right on there, there's a the button called Vinyl Sim, which I think the creators were trying to simulate a compression f- that would go onto a vinyl, right? Because the noise floor of vinyl so high. What does that mean exactly? I mean, I feel like I understand. I understand yeah. what noise floor means. I don't fully know so what if that you, means. So if you play a blank vinyl, mm-hmm. which I've actually pressed now. Uh, really? Why? Uh, we sold a thousand blank vinyls. Do you want Sleepify? Yeah, we pr- we pressed <sighs> Sleepify to okay. a 45. So We've got to talk about this in a minute. <laughs> we actually pressed some blank vinyls, and if you just play it on a record player, you hear a quite a bit of like... Okay. And this is totally blank. Versus, uh, you know, fire up Pro Tools and play a blank session, there's nothing there's there. There's nothing there. So back in the day, to get over that noise, people would make the music quite a bit louder and compressed Mm -hmm. to get over that noise floor. So on the sampler, to imitate, I guess, that era of compression, it became this weird 
sound right. mixed with all the digital stuff that's happening on there. And then that's the button Madlib and Dilla would hit oh. to get that pumping compression sound. Because it's got that 45 sound. Yes, that, it's, that's it's hot 45. The game. Because yeah. a lot of people, I remember when I learned that, because I was collecting records for a while. I didn't know, like, okay, what's the deal with 45s? Why are these so great? Yeah, yeah. And you realize, oh, this shit's fucking loud. <laughs> yeah. But it's not just louder, it's, it's hotter. It's hotter. It's just, it's, it's richer. It's like, it's just like a thicker, if it's like a soup, the soup is just thicker. It's a thicker soup. You can stick your chopsticks or your spoon in there and it's going to stand up as opposed to the 12 inch. Well, yeah, Press people, to 33, it's just... People, uh, the science is in. People like louder stuff. So if that jukebox mm-hmm. is lining up a couple 45s, all those artists and mastering engineers want theirs to be the loudest because yeah. there's no volume control on the, in, the, in, the, in the club. And then Phil Spector comes on and he just destroys everyone. That stuff is so loud. How, what did he do? I think he just knew that fact that that it was going to be loud. So my, my friend was playing me like a, an original cut of uh, that Tina Turner jam with Phil Spector, River, some, some River. Ain't, so ain't River Deep, Mountain yeah. High? It is so distorted and loud. Oh, it, really? it was just blowing everything away in the jukebox. So that sound became really good. And I, and I, I wonder how much of a part of... The Willie Mitchell, how much of it is us liking that? Or yeah, because it, yeah. it is pretty hot. <laughs> but maybe it also sound. has to do with the sparsity of the of the rhythm section. How there's so much air in their music that it can be. I mean, I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, it's it's impossible to know, and I don't even know if what you hear on Spotify. Oh yeah, of an Al Green song is ripped from the vinyl or from the tape. I actually don't know, but like Cut Chemist put out um, <clears throat> a compilation of 40, funky 45s, yeah. but it's through his chain, and it's really hot. And then you go hear the kind of commercially available ones, and, and we do love that sound of a hot 45 yeah. through, through a good system. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, yeah. It feels good. I was at, we bought a Christmas tree the other day, and the guy at the Christmas tree lot, I'm pretty sure he's a drunk. Um, I've I've bought pumpkins there too during Halloween and you can smell his breath when you buy it from him he's got a whole bunch of people who work there it's like a big old one and I think it's in like Toluca Lake or some shit it's a nice place and you go there and he's blasting music but he's got these big old speakers on their side on the ground and there's something about it it's like so fucking pleasant to be there because he's playing (laughs) Steely Dan and just, you know, your average old guy drunk hits. <laughs> <laughs> and they sound so fucking good. I'm like, what's going on here? I know, yeah. It's that it sounds shame. so good and nice and nice and it's, it's loud, but it's not that thing where you're... It's the thing where I struggle with it all the time is how do you get that sound where it's loud, but it's, all, it's not hurting you? Yeah, yeah. I, get up to, I go up to the counter to pay... Get a big whiff of that schnapps, whatever he's breathing down. <laughs> and I look, I look there. He's got some big old receiver that's about seven inches high and stacked on top of it are these, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of, I guess they're amps. They're yeah. a bunch of, I don't know what the fuck they are, but there's a lot of power in that system yeah. at the Christmas tree lot. Maybe, and it makes maybe it sound he's, good. he's got a lot of power there and he's not, 
he's using just a little, that can be a good sound. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, was, I was in this record store in South Africa, similar type of thing. This guy was blasting all these, uh, just blasting, just playing records. You know, just like a old dude, probably a drunk stoner dude, who knows, white guy, <laughs> and, uh, well, Dutch guy. <laughs> and he's playing all these records in the store. They're so loud. But it just sounded so good. It's the same thing. I, I feel like it was the, also the speakers too. They have they were these big old wooden speakers with probably like an eight inch woofer, maybe a ten inch, not ten inch, probably maybe a ten inch woofer. Yeah, they just it's so so solid. And it's like a thing where you forget that this is how people listen to music for so long. I know. Now we don't listen. We hardly ever listen to music on a system that has enough power. And has speakers that are large enough to attenuate right. sounds in a way that's not stressful to the ear. Yeah. And it, it's like, it almost feels like it's going to be lost. Yeah, I, I had a, 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 a watershed moment in my 20s where um, I was visiting my sister in Chicago. And they're like, you want to go to this Michael Jackson versus Prince night? And I thought, oi, oi vey. But, you know. What does that mean? What? what Michael Jackson versus Prince? They they just switched the records every other song. Oh, that sounds badass. Yeah, for some reason it didn't appeal to me. But then I got in this kind of retro styled club, and hearing those mixes loud mm-hmm. in a dance environment on speakers. Yeah, I was like, oh, this was the point the whole time, you know, because yeah. it just suddenly the Billy Jean beat is. Oh, just it's, ruling you it's in fucking a fucking gross in a way, and but you're right; it wasn't painfully loud. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. hurt you. It just takes you over. Yeah, like wraps you up. It's like you're going to you're going to Billy. I'd only ever listened to that on you know computer speakers or something yeah. up until that point, or headphones. I saw Madlib DJing live in uh, London when I was in college, and uh, he sl- he de- he played. That he played Billy Jean, but he like slid it in, like it was like a sneak attack. All of a sudden, you know that thing where all, oh my god, all of a sudden you're listening to the song that you know, but you didn't know it until like ten seconds afterward. It was just like the fucking. I was so impressed. I remember going up to him afterward and telling him that I didn't know. I didn't know enough about him at that point to know that he doesn't really talk to people. He was very <laughs> nice. He just gave like he nodded and gave a thumbs up. Yeah, I was like, man, that was the fucking. I've never I've heard that song a thousand times. I've never heard someone just like use it that way. It's also funny to think back and realize like, oh, you just have a parade of young white men complimenting you and like how fucking dorky it is. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's something about it. Just like you feel like a, as I grew older and stuff and like, you know, you perform live and stuff. Like back when I was single, it was which was a long time ago. It's like, you know, you perform live and you wanna you wanna talk to some girls or something after the show. You want them <laughs> to hit you up. But instead, it's a bunch of fucking, like, geeky, like, it's a bunch of nerds who are your fans and stuff. I just want to, that's why I felt like that day. I was like, oh, I'm this, fuck this, this geek that, who's, like, <laughs> into your shit. And- I read Questlove's uh, <laughs> memoir. Mm-hmm. What's it called? M- Mo Meta Blues. That's pretty much his main lament of his career is that's, what? like, the majority of people outside his dressing room are, like, me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's just that's how it is. It's it's the, it's so ironic that so many people get into music or performance because you want to meet 
members of the uh, the sex that you're attracted to and ends up being just yourself showing up. <laughs> it's just a different version of you who's there to appreciate it the I, most. I have a soft spot for that. Just know, just knowing where you know my my great concert experience. You know, right. I mean, I it's like any anyone truly worried about that. It's like. What did you expect? You know, a, <laughs> exactly. a lot of people have had this issue. I, I, Bruce Springsteen used to like, he'd go to the Jackson Brown show and be like, "How do you get girls here?" Like he had a problem with. Oh my with god, the, are you serious? Yeah, and so it's like, this is not uh, anyone's first rodeo, and it, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I think Jackson Brown did it by being a super hot guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it all but, comes well, down Bruce to that. Springsteen, though. Yeah. But I don't think Bruce Springsteen is as good looking as I mean. This is coming from my perspective, but I'm pretty sure if you ask your average lady, she's going to pick Jackson Brown over Bruce Springsteen any day. Okay. Also, Jackson Brown is there's like a sexiness to him, whereas Bruce Springsteen is kind of like, hey man, can we not talk politics for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, can we just like not talk about the the union problems that are going on in in Trenton? I just want to like. I just want to dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone could compete with Jackson Brown. I think you're right. Yeah. He also used to beat women up too. So Jackson Brown. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Supposedly, he uh, beat up Carly Simon, I believe, or he was a he was a he was an asshole. I did not know that. Um, Good old shithead. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first on live to tape. Jackson Brown is was probably a. Sh- you heard it here first, Jackson. You heard it. You heard it here first, Jackson Brown was probably a shithead. <laughs> like most people, Donald Fagan too, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Heard about that one. Yeah, it's just one of these things where God, God. I mean, if you do enough cocaine at the right time, you just turn into a shithead. I guess. I think I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. I I will go on record as probably defending Woody Allen for a year too long. So I don't even want to get mixed up in uh trying to defend any of these people based on how much I love their you art. You can't. You really can't. You can't <laughs> defend anyone really. I guess at this I mean I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's is it's, is the is the is the Silver lining that these accusations have not been leveled against Paul McCartney or something. Like there are normal. I don't know. Systems. I can't. I can't think. I know someone who works with Paul McCartney, and he oh, no, said, "Don't do it, man." <laughs> no, no. Here, you're about to be su- pleasantly surprised. Okay. He said that Paul McCartney is the least disappointing human alive. There we go. And, There's hope. Right, but at the same time, I have to think that. I mean, he's been a lot. He's been around so many places with so many people, done so many things for so long. He, he there has to have been some transgression, something, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. I feel like I keep thinking about how this is so apart from. It's a bit anything, self. But, could you say it's a bit self fulfilling in that? Peop, these people driven to display their attractiveness very publicly for their yeah. whole lives might be also um a bit shitte like yeah. <laughs> there's a Venn diagram there well, yeah because it's like a thing where if you're yep i think i i think i you're grandstanding you're in front of <laughs> yeah it's like that thing where you just get what you not you get what you pay for but 
anytime there's someone you get a whiff of, like, I don't really like what they're doing, or I don't like how that person talks to people, yeah, they always end up having to pay the piper at some point. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example that happened recently where some person, it's just any, it happens all the time, even like in small things, when someone is just, pisses you off that person fucking sucks they're being an asshole to me i don't like them personally and then there's always something everyone always gets everyone always has to fucking pay something at some point there's always some sort of a karmic retribution in effect yeah it's 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 unbelievable seeing uh lord lord tweeted or retweeted herself that a year ago she's like these men are about to have a storm coming. She said that? Yeah, and then she just retweeted it the other day. She's like, I guess I was right. I wonder what she said that about. What was the uh, the impetus for that initial tweet? Oh, I, I mean, it's, she's navigating the music industry. It's right, like, which is male-dominated. Yeah, the Lady Gaga Netflix doc. It's kind of what she's been uh, railing against. Who has been? Uh, Lady Gaga's been railing against? Or? Yeah, yeah. You just get an inside peek to what, what, how she feels about it. And it's a big part. And she's, she was saying that at any given turn, the, the way she get, she got, she stayed feeling like she was in control. She's like, oh, you're going to make me do this at the Grammys? Well, I'm going to cover myself in blood or, you know, just this do is Gaga. Yeah. Uh-huh. So at every turn, she was, playing the game mm-hmm. but subverting it that yeah. was kind of her her way of s- sticking it to the to the, the pow- man to the powers that be mm-hmm. i mean yeah i don't i actually don't know uh i've i've never you know we have nothing to do with the music industry you and guys don't no no it's just me and i have someone doing customer service right now and that's it well, that's what I guess uh, it lends me to the ask uh, the question about Sleepify, because yeah. that's one of the most subversive things that's ever been done in modern recording. Because uh, I'll explain it, and you can c- correct me if I'm if I'm wrong or anything. So there's a there's an app called Spotify. I use it all the time. It's great. It's got all kinds of shit on it that I didn't think have it would have. <laughs> yeah, right. Sometimes I'm just like Spotify. How do you have this? You I have know. It, you have the wrong album art. You got the you have it categorized as four different music people. It's not, but you got it. I know they have a lot. Yeah. They have stuff. I don't know how they fucking got it's incredible. it. Incredible. Uh, so there's and Spotify, like all streaming services, pay the musicians musicians basically nothing. There's almost it's 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 re- absurd. Well, the the coolest metaphor I've heard is drummer Steve Jordan goes, "What if Whole Foods came out with?" a $10 a month subscription to go grocery shopping. Would that be a popular product? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fucking God, it's the best. Yeah, so that's essentially A $10 a month and you can buy all the groceries you want. Oh my fucking God, that's the best. So whether or not they're paying fairly, the fact is the model is now $10 a month to go grocery shopping. And so it's it's not going to be a lot of money to artists. No. Right? So what you guys did. It's a sweet deal. Is you created an album called Sleepify, which is tracks made up of nothing. Correct. It is no. It is no sound. Digital null. It's digital null. Zeros. With the idea being, uh, fans, listeners, put this on while you sleep. 
it does not sound like anything, and it just I'll put it on repeat so you can get the clicks necessary Correct. to get paid the, several dimes more. The minimal length of, that registers as a play on mm-hmm. Spotify, which is 30 seconds, okay. completely arbitrary <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Which which also shows you that any sketch on a Kanye or Eminem record under thirty seconds has never been monetized on that. Wow, it just makes no sense. Those guys need to get with it. CD era sketches. CD era rap sketch (laughs) under thirty second. Just totally didn't see the future coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you guys did that, and they and you how many how many tracks was it again? Uh, I did I did ten tracks. Maybe was a mistake because ha- had it been a single, um, it could have gone gold. <laughs> Fifty million plays. Holy shit! Yeah. So what did Spotify think about that? They must have contacted you at some point. Yeah, they worked through a a uh, very personable, charismatic artist relations person. So I never got to talk to like A and R baby, the true A and R, the true number crunchers there. Because um, the numbers were fascinating, you know, uh, of what was happening with it, um, and and yeah, eventually it, it they they pleaded for me to take it down. They pleaded for you to take it down. Yeah, through, why? Through this, because I was yeah, just looking just today. To, I noticed it wasn't there, obviously. And and I, I was just thinking, you know, why why would I do that? You know, so I just held out mm-hmm. and uh, logged in one day, and it was gone. They took it down. Yeah. And what a uh, fucking bunch of shit. <laughs> they couldn't handle the heat. They couldn't handle the modern art heat. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is so that me? It's probably your base. It is indeed. Got a ground issue on this uh, this squire. It's the uh, ghost of James. Can, Jam- can we mute the base channel? That'll that'll do the trick. <laughs> or just there we go. There we go. Yeah. So it was it was. Uh, you got corporated. Yeah, there was an incredible there's there's an incredible learning experience there waking up to my MacBook being the center of a clickbait story too. What do you mean? You know, the story true oh, yeah, tr- it was a great clickbait. Great clickbait and it would say, you know, band does this or indie punk band, you know, like it's like <laughs> on these reputable news sources. Right. So I I also got a dose of of you know skepticism for mm-hmm. anything I ever read now is the way these uh, these clickbaits get around. Great, great headline. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, I follow. I followed it up years later with I put the resonant frequency of the Earth on right. Spotify. Yeah, not nearly as as uh, popular. Popular. What is that? I think. Seven point six three, I think. Seven point six three hertz. Yeah, yeah, good to know. Should we? Is this still on Spotify? Uh, I took it down. Okay, but I it's on. It, I, I took that it one on. down. It is on every YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow it's like, all you have to have. Speakers have to... did play it though. My friend sent me. He's got these ATC mastering speakers, Ooh. and it was playing the hertz. Wow. You could see the woofer going. It was it was unbelievable. Resonant frequency. So Spotify was not filtering out that below hearing frequency, which is good to know. They're not they're not skimping on What is the on uh, that low end? What so that's so low. That's it's crazy. Very can... low. Can't hear below 20. And I just want to go on record 
Whoa. Okay, that's not it. If you can hear it, it ain't it. This is some new age bullshit. This is Earth's own 7.83 hertz Schumann resonance super deep binaural beat. It ain't. It ain't. I'm telling you that right now. So you now. can't hear it at all? No, you would not be able to hear it through. through it. You could be able to see it. This sounds like a hum. Potentially feel it. Um, Let me try a different one. I'm going to try a different, different site. Here we go. You couldn't hear flow sale, I'll tell you that much. Oh, that's it. There it is. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Subscribe to us for more Binaural Beats musics. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Binaural Beats. Oh, gosh. Hey, it's the Earth. My Earth is super loud. And, ah. I had a roommate in college who would, who would put on the headphones and do some, some binaural stuff. You talking about digital drugs? <laughs> yeah. Do you know about he, digital drugs? That's what he was doing. I remember seeing there's a great um, there's a great like news piece like from a you know a news organization. It's like did your kids might be into digital drugs? Like oh be beware be careful your your son or daughter may be using drugs but not the kind that you're used to digital drugs. Oh it's a new thing where kids listen to sounds and get high off them. I do get high off your podcast. Oh you do nice. I get high off it a little bit sometimes. It's. This is what I got hot off now is this. You ever heard Terry Riley? Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. This is like a great thing to be like, Hi, welcome to Jim and Stevens. <laughs> Today we'll be yeah, learning just about... Just go. Just go. Today we'll be learning about the binaural frequency of the Earth. Step inside and you will find the way the Earth looks outside. 10 power. 20 power. 30 power. 30 light years from Earth, the light dissipates and you'll see the planetary alignment of the galaxy. Can you find the galaxy? Press the number for the galaxy. I'm like, I want to hear like Otis Ray sing over this. I'm gonna get down <laughs> and we're like, what's the guy from uh, the Black Crows? <laughs> Chris. Uh, oh, Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Just singing good. over Terry Riley. I don't know, snow bomb That'll be hilarious, man. That'll be fucking groovy, that's pro- dog. That's progress. That's progress. what we call progress. That's what we call prog rock. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Live the Tape with Johnny Pemberton. My guest is Jack Stratton of the band Wolfpack. I could hook you up. With what? a game changer, if you want. I, I'm always, well, yeah. In the spirit of live to tape. Yes. I had a mixing breakthrough mixing this last record. You did? Okay, oh, yeah. Can, can we, tell, where, do, where can people get it, by the way? Where's the best place to buy, um, buy the record? I have a nice first pressing coming in from the Palace Print in, in Germany, owned by the Neumann family. Holy mind shit. You. Yeah, they, they are responsible for all the Led Zeppelin reissues. Oh, so I did a nice run of seven thousand, and um, where do you buy it from? Right now, about six thousand have been bought. So if I still got to buy one. You go man. to wolfpack.com. Okay, and beautiful site. Those are the, thank you. <laughs> beautiful Shout site. Out. It's a great like old style sort of thing that. Ugh, it's like a dot matrix site, basically. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it used to be in Courier New, like Ooh. like a text document and then we got a custom commissioned font made for the band oh that's right you yeah. guys have some you guys have so much stuff going on that i just i'm like <laughs> i saw those posters i just wanted them oh, all dude so cool so you're you are you are target demo for what 
that font designer's doing. He he's Ugh. he's right in the pocket of understanding those incredible posters mm-hmm. of yore, but then somehow making it new. Yeah, whatever. But but with it, he's a student of a real student of that stuff. Yeah, it it is something that people tend to overlook typography. I was watching the Vietnam documentary last night. I'm I'm in deep on this fucking Ken Burns. Do- I, I don't even think that's not even that good, to be honest. He did Vietnam? He did Vietnam. Does he have like a team of people doing his stuff? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, got yeah. he's got to have a big fucking team. Yeah, right. But it's not that good. They neglect a lot of technical specs that I want to hear about. I want to hear about stuff, but they Well, is it could it ever I mean, you is any Ken Burns doc go deep enough for for your? I actually no. they do. I, I don't Jazz know. Jazz was pretty cool for a young man to watch. It's cool. Yeah, it was a good primer. Yeah. Either way, there's this guy painting the election results on a board, a Vietnamese guy, and he's, they close it. It's old footage. They show the white the white brush with the white paint on like a dark green background. You're like, oh, this guy's fucking painting this shit, and it looks good. It looks crisp. He's done some little lines to sure, line it up. Sure. You forget that. Not that long ago, that's every, you had to be able to draw to be a fucking designer. Now you don't have to know how to fucking draw to be a designer. I'm a you bad can like example not, of that. Yeah. Well, you're not. You know, you're a musician. I used to I used to draw a lot, and yeah. I, I still do the design. And I need to start drawing because because the type designer he can freaking draw. You have man. to have oh, to do yeah. that stuff. But there's a lot of people who don't know how to draw. I know who are designers. They're faking it. They're fucking sliding. Well, in there. no, you can you can. You can do darn good work on the you computer, can. but if you want to get to that next level, yeah, you got to draw. You got to feel the weight of it. I wonder how many typographers can't really draw. That would be. I don't. I doubt there are many. So I feel like you should be able to paint or draw or do something for a typographer because you got to feel the feel the weight of that shit. Yeah. We're talking about your record here. Talking about the record that you put out and have the special. Oh, the special mixing font breakthrough. Here. Can I mixing, tell you the Yeah, main? I'm ready for the mixing breakthrough. Through the through the plugin, yes. Through the plugin, through the Wolf compressor, I got to hang out with Bob Clear Mountain, one of the great mix engineers. You know. See, I don't know a lot of that stuff. Did the Chic records? Need I say more? The Chic, yeah, disco disco band oh, Nile Rodgers. Okay, yeah, some of the baddest mixes ever. Yeah, but also more famous for Rolling Stones and Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. He mixed and. I said, if you were doing a chic record in your studio right now, how would you do it now? He says, oh, boy, I don't know, a lot of tricks and parallel compression. Listen, what was there, was there compression on those records? He goes, a lot less than you'd think. And I go, well, how do you get those snare sounds? He goes, well, maybe part of what you're hearing is we used to crank the high end going into the tape machine because right. you know you'd lose a lot out of the tape machine. And then coming back out of the tape machine, you'd be hitting the playback and losing some and trying to rescue it. So maybe you're hearing some nice top-end compression on that high end. So I was thinking, maybe that's, maybe that's the je ne sais quoi of that hi-fi 80s beautiful sound we all love. Is, is that constant dance of the high end, mm-hmm. trying to hit it into the tape machine and get it back out. So I went home and lined up three... Tape plugins, which Good Hertz makes a great one. Good Hertz, that's cool. That's the company. Yeah. And on a very hi-fi setting, but I line up three in a row, so then it gets kind of muted. And then I go and rescue some high-end with an EQ. Then I line up three more. 
rescue some more high end. Line up three more, rescue some high end. So I'm simulating that tape hitting the playhead a bunch of times through mixing and constantly shaving off some high end. Then lo and behold, at the end of that, I'm hearing that hi-fi 80s tape sound. This is so technical. Sorry. I just can't believe it. How t- I just, it always amazes me to the degree that stuff is, comes down to something that's, I mean, when you, it's not, that, it's so technical and so, <laughs> what's the word? Um, uh, there's a word for it. I know, uh, man. What's the word? Clinical. Clinical. Uh, there's the word that's like, it means tedious. Yes. Tedious. How tedious something, how music, which you always think of as, it's this, it's a celebration of joy in the moment. It's children singing and a man playing the drum. He's a, he's a good drummer. When it comes down to it, someone's got to fucking sit in a chair and order takeout twice in a day to do this thing that makes the sound sound the way it does, the reason you like it so much. It's that it is the dance between loving the, that technical side and then just getting funky in a room, you know, yeah. to embody both of those, both those mind states. Well, because you guys do something unique, which is you guys, uh, there's so much, I've seen a lot of live bands, and there's always that, when you see a live band for the first time, like, oh, this fight fucking crush, I'm going to get that CD right now. And you listen to that CD, and it's the, the distance between what you heard and what you're hearing on, the, what you heard live, what you're hearing recorded, is just it's so far apart it's just so disappointing because it's so hard to record music people would say that about the chili peppers early on really like you had to see them live wow yeah but then then those records are great too yeah well you guys have a thing where the records are they're ridiculous thank you they're so good they're so like the tone is just oh well the funny good the funny thing about our band and just because i guess of the environment we're in but we record live so people will be like oh they suck live or something it's like well the record is live <laughs> and when you're saying live you mean they suck in front of two thousand people which yeah. is a very different environment because i get very excited start playing like crap and you can't hear anything anyway you always play faster yeah <laughs> it's so funny that everyone plays faster live like yeah. everyone there's no one who can't do it well it's a heart rate thing really i haven't done the study but i could show perceived tempos to yeah. heart rate does change quite a bit oh wow and you can do it yourself listen to a song before you go jogging mm-hmm. or do some sprints listen to the same exact recording and it'll sound slower as your heart rate is faster mm. so there is something there uh, you like a science soon, musician? Soon to be published in the Wolf Medical Journal. Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> I mean, I write fake headlines because I love the aesthetic of the yeah. the old medical journals. So I just write these fake headlines that that I never actually do the research. But <laughs> did you want to do something different before you wanted to be a musician? Or no, no. As far as off the rack identities, musician has always been been the way to go but you grew up in ohio I, actually comedian yeah okay failed failed comedian really yeah. i mean i did the open mics in la and just talk about just terrifying <laughs> situations i've gone up in front of fifty thousand people now and it's nothing compared to going to an la open mic 
I suppose that's true because there is a, a a deep like wave of cynicism that you don't get. <laughs> yeah, yeah fifty thousand people together. It's like, hey, we're all well, this is great. We're happy to be. What was fifty thousand people? We did Austin City Limits. Is that fifty thousand people? The main stage, yeah. Where the fuck is that? In a football stadium? It's in the park there, and they gave us. They like throw in this weird new kid slot before the. It was like right before Jay Z and uh, right. and they'll they'll just kind of give it to some potential newcomer, right? As to, you guys, to a little prove it slot. So we got it this year, and it was yeah, it was it was that you know what you see on the TV. Did you crush it? Uh, we brought it. We brought it fairly hard. We brought it fairly hard. It was so hot. Oh shit, um, that's rough. That. Like I said, we're a great, we're great at playing together. And the joke I say is like, "Oh man, this is a tight, this is a tight band." But you know where I want to see them? In like ninety degree peak heat, Austin, direct sunlight. Oh, where they can't really, where literally the stage, the black of the stage would burn you if you Fuck. you touched it. It got so. I hot. would cancel that. <laughs> I would say uh, I would be like JJ Kale. Cancel. <laughs> I love JJ. I Kale. fucking love JJ Kale. JJ Kale is the most under listened to guy ever. I think the reason is someone was telling me about how he used to just cancel shit all the time. Really? How he canceled American Bandstand because they they wanted to play a backing track. He was like Dick Clark's like this is gonna make you guys. You guys are gonna be the biggest thing around. Okay, so this is how we do it here. We have the the backing track, and he's like, Price. This is what Price said. No, I ain't doing that. That's I'm sure he said like no words, but I, that's very inspiring. Canceled day of said nope. I'll never do TV again. Uh, really? We did it once, and it was the most. What was it? Colbert. Okay. Yeah. What was so bad about it? Well, they were they were doing us a huge favor at the time because we were we were uh, Stephen Colbert just liked the band. Yeah. So, but the memo didn't really get to. Uh, the production team right. and they kept trying they're like can you play without a, a bass player uh, what? Or like, what because they wanted us to sit in with the house band and I was like sweet I love that house band uh, and then but then I was like well I want to you know this is the instruments we need and then it turned into an odd back and forth of like well could, could you play congas we don't want to step on the musician's toes I was, and then it got to the point, could the bassist play something else? And I was like, whoa. Because Joe Dart is the whole you know, yeah. reason for the season of Wolfpack. Yeah, he's fucking he's ridiculous. <clears throat> and it it just, I I had such high expectations and, you know, always dreamed of playing on TV yeah. that I was also coming in su- super amped and sensitive Maybe I could do it again now that I'm not as. Uh, Just know it's not going to be that great. Well, yeah, and that. That's I'll, true, though. I feel like that's the case. But all anything, anything performance related in television, it's just, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a compromise out the gate. I didn't know that. Yeah, it really is. Like when I did Conan, it was something where I'm just always prepared for everything that I wanted to do for them to tell me. Actually, we no, I don't want you to do that. I just was ready for it. So I just overwrit, overwrote everything. Like I had a ton of stuff ready to go. So I was like, okay, you don't like that? Okay, how about this? I just knew there were, it was just going to be... That's a good attitude. Because you have to, because they're fucking 
TV oh. is the it's the ultimate it's the mediocrity ray gun. Where I where I I was like, man, am I just a snob? Am I being a, a difficult artist? But then I read Zeppelin did one TV performance, and they're like, all right, never again. Oh really? <laughs> I mean, if you don't have to, you don't have to. Well, but it's, it's, it's a, easier now than ever to not have to. So it's because what, what was like? Because I feel like I'm listening to you guys for a little while. I I don't I don't know if I can't remember how I became aware of Wolfpack, but I think it was it was either through you contacting me years ago, or maybe it was like so maybe it was like a simultaneous thing. But either way, um, uh, it's one of those things where. You know how you can't be, you don't know what other people know. If you find something at a certain time, you assume that it's yours and it's not like this thing that everyone knows about. JJ Kale was that, yeah. Yeah. And it, but for me. It, for, well, I feel like with Wolfpack, it's something where everyone knows about your band. Every, you guys are fucking huge. And I was like, I, when did that happen? Um, it's been, the, if you look at the. Numbers, it's been a steady climb really? okay. over the years. I don't know when it happened. Maybe after uh, Sleepify or right around then we did the Colbert thing. Okay. That felt like new territory, yeah. Yeah, because so it's something where people who are, um, were less than hip, I'm like, how do you know about this cool fucking band? <laughs> like, you, don't, you know about this? It's the internet, yeah. Oh, it's so strange when people know about something. Yeah, the internet's it's fucking. I don't. Even, I don't know. It's it's mind boggling to me. You know what? I, you know what I realized today. People, because I put myself out there in videos and mm-hmm. like have you know, people tweet at me dreams that I'm in of them. Really? Like weird. I was had a dream. I was like at the grocery talking to you, and it's like, wow, the internet can can get someone's personality across so much that yeah. they'll be in a dream. It's nuts. Like I would that I guess that would happen with TV and movies. I think so. Probably less so maybe books too. Maybe this isn't anything new. <laughs> it's I, I don't think I I'm, I don't know if I've ever had a dream encounter. Well, I I've definitely haven't dreamed about you. I'm sorry, but uh, No, no, no. These are there's very rare tweets, but I'm just thinking, wow. I, how uh, I guess I guess that's nothing. I guess it's new that it's happening through the internet and not a movie. Yeah, yeah. People dream about movie actors. Dream about trailers. Most people dream about trailers, actually. <laughs> about really good trailers, they dream about them. I still am curious that how you got into all this stuff because it's something where because you're from the Midwest, right? Oh yeah. You're from Ohio, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. I'm from Minnesota. Respect. And so Cleveland, Cleveland's actually kind of funky because they have some. Yep. There's some stuff going on there because you got like you're near Detroit, you're near, not far from New York. I, I learned a lot of that stuff after the fact. You know, mm. there was not a. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't right away. It was you weren't steeped in it. Yeah. What was no. it, what kind of house did you grow up in? Was it was it like a music loving house? Were your parents into that stuff at all? Oh well, yeah, what? I got a great head start because my dad is a klezmer musician. Okay. Yeah. So. But if you're a klezmer musician, I mean that's what he does for a living. Uh, that's a side hustle. Okay. A very legit side hustle. What do you pl- what do you play? What does he play? Yeah, but like when you're a klezmer musician, oh, clarinet is the right. But I mean, like, what do you what do you do? You play at a like an a, he's at an a event. Band. Yeah, he's a at Jewish a Jewish event. For, well, it had this uh, renaissance in the '90s. It did. Yeah, and the uh, guy from Galactic, the saxophone player, was a klezmer musician yes, too. Yes, yes, fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
and and then the drummer was the Stanton Moore. He was the drummer in the Klezmer band, and it's like the funkiest Klezmer you oh, ever. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He's so good, and he's uh, a fucking killer. And uh, so there was this renaissance in the '90s that caught my dad. He said, "Oh, this is cool and authentic, and I can't really play jazz, you mm-hmm. know." And so he got really good at uh, klezmer. He can really, really play it. And that's he would he would shed it while I was in a baby carriage. Oh wow! And he would play the clarinet right over me. Which why at the end, uh, beginning of this episode I can just riff on that stuff and you know that stuff's deep in the was it Phrygian uh, the Fragish 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 is the Yiddish Phrygian Phrygian is it the same thing uh, it's damn damn near what is it a flat third well the the Phrygian difference can you play it on the bass oh yeah can we get that bass can we get the bass back online please for the Phrygian difference the Phrygian difference would be a fucking great name for a brunch restaurant is that my <laughs> <laughs> the Phrygian just, difference. Just Ashkenazi brunch fair. <laughs> well, here's the difference. Okay. Uh, that you won't hear on the radio much, except for uh, in like Israel. Well, so Beyonce will dip in there. Britney Spears will dip in there, but Metallica will dip in there. Basically, how does it compare to an Arabic? Because I feel like in my head I had the. the uh, oh, nah, that fridge okay the difference between the fridge the, the fridge, fridge the fridge and the ditch and pretty much everything you're gonna hear on the radio mm-hmm. on the radio you know you got your uh your jackson five coming in straight major scale right right ding, ding. oh shoot so you got oh, one, baby. two, three, two, one. The Phrygian difference is that second note, we're going to lower just a note, and you're going to hear it instantly. Instead of one, two, three, we go one, two, three, two, okay. one. That's the Phrygian. Just remember that, and you can dip into it instantly. So it's a flat two. It's the flat two, and... The fact that it sounds Jewish is just kind of an American uh, Jewish thing, but right, it's a it's a it's an Arabic. 
So, because it's the same, isn't it the same as when you hear a, uh, a, a muezzin do the uh, pr- call to prayer? Because that's that's a, is that the same scale? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be dealing in a lot of flat seconds. Uh, it gets a little confusing because it's regional, right? There's a lot of minor stuff too. Uh huh. And I'm no I'm no expert on any of this, unfortunately. Well, it uh, seems like you are actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of good Jewish minor stuff too. They say D minor, it's not a key, it's a living. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's so uh, stupid. <laughs> so like D I think minor, I, it's not a key, it's a living. You can you can go hard on the minor yeah. too, but the Phrygian just it hits that deep, deep deep core os in any human and they instantly go oh yeah there it is now we're going back to the fertile crescent there's just something about i think it's the uh the half steps and yeah. even anytime i hear something that's got a half step in it like a prominent half step that's prominent being, half step <laughs> you feel like there's i feel like i'm listening to a, a soundtrack because it's always that that sort of eerie like it's like that uh, jaws it's a half yeah. step yeah. Half steps, man. The half step is just the. There's this cat on the. That's scene. what I like. Half steps. That's all I want. Honestly, that's all I want is repetitive half steps. I hear you, man. That's not a half step, though, is it? Dude, did you did you like produce records and stuff? Have you done all that? I would like to, but no, I never produced no. All, you just give me some half steps. Yeah, give me some. Not I mean, enough half steps happening here. Oh, uh, hey, uh, here, here it is. Here's here's me producing a record. Uh, hey, 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 Miles, can we get some more half steps in there? And um, uh, Hank, more block chords, the low end, please. Okay, well, block chords, you really hit the fourth. Great. Okay, we're good. Just that. I want to hear those Hank, the Hank. Uh, what's his name? The piano player, not Red Garland, but Hank. Uh, Hank. Hank Jones. Hank, um, uh, uh, the L.A. guy. The guy who played with Coltrane. Not McCoy Tyner, but the Shoot. second iteration. Shoot, got the wrong guy here. I want that fucking those block chords, baby. Those, oh, those fat oh. block chords. Speaking of which, dun, 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 dun. there's a clip of Oscar Peterson on uh, on Dick Cavett uh-huh. going through all the great pianists one by one and oh, imitating wow. them perfectly. He's probably in there. The uh, yeah, the block chord guy. Peterson was a savant, or no? I'm thinking of uh, what's the other guys? The guy from that era who. Think of Art Tatum. Well, Art yeah. Tatum was a savant. Well, right? Peterson was shedding Art Tatum 45s, yeah. Shedding them? Well, yeah, in Canada, he would put them on and he could just pick up the Art Tatum yeah. stuff like a But I just I just grilled this uh incredible psychologist who has a deep knowledge of evolution. What do you mean you grill him for what? He has a call-in radio show. Okay. And prodigies apparently aren't Real. They're, what do you mean? They. Uh, Ooh, this is cool. I'm into this. He went deep on it, but any given prodigy is clearly gifted, right? But you can bet there was a parent breathing down their neck, or they had a deep fascination in the instrument that led to many hours, right, of wrapping that myelin sheath in their brain. So just like it just. Rep- Constant, Constant practice, practice, like practicing like a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, and granted, they're very young and very gifted, but yeah, but singularly idea, focused. Yeah, they were. They weren't born with it. He he was making the claim 
that idea. You know, you're born knowing how to sneeze and mm-hmm. fart, but you don't know how to play the bass. <laughs> yeah, that's all learned, which which is good to hear, actually. You know, yeah, it's always a weird thing. It, I remember having to like get beyond that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh yeah, you're not a prodigy, man. <laughs> Definitely not a musical project. Cause I was the, that's why I didn't go. I was close to going to music school, but I just was like, I don't quite have the thing that I, I've seen other people I played with. Because I played bass for years, but I just didn't like, there's just like a different sort of, just something, you know, if you're a musician, that thing where you're always playing. And I just wasn't always playing. Yeah, I think about so I that with but not playing with Joe because he was apparently that good when he was like 14 that or something. That guy's a motherfucker. Yeah, and so he just... He had a gift, and mm-hmm. he had a fascination, and boom, there you go. Yeah. yeah. He put in the time. <clears throat> oh, that shit gets me. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy, dog. That's just crazy, dog. Okay, where do people buy this record? People say they go to, they go to Wolfpack, wolfpack.com. Yeah. It's V-U-L. Let's gotta make, let's make this special, right? Let's put some music behind it. You want to play some bass? Yeah, let's do it. Is there anything, I feel like we should get it wrapped up. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up? If you could just, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'll do anything. when you kind of imp- <laughs> <laughs> improvise your like Irish uh, poetry, that shit just... Irish poetry? Or well, you do like Gaelic improvisation. Oh, you know, I, I talk like the old, old Irish lady? <laughs> I'm like, well, you look can, at you. Look, down here forever. You'll, you'll do, you can like imitate James Joyce and stuff. It's, oh. You've done it a few times. What if I done it on the, on, this, on, the, on the show here? Yeah, the secondary anus. You did some shit, man. It made me like, oh, what episode was over. it? It's you and Duncan Trussell. All oh, right. Man. We were probably getting in deep with that. <laughs> I don't know what I can do on bass for that, though. I don't know. I don't. So, so something like, a living for the life, a piper for the knife. <laughs> Down under the basement where mama keeps her gripe. She's dying of the black stuff flowing from her veins. Oh, daddy's outside in the fields, crazy from insane. The grass grows around his brain. Like this an- is where you are a prodigy, sir. That's, you, you know why, though? You've been wrapping the myelin sheath around just, whatever the all I wanted- heck this is. It's just improvised poems, I guess? No one's doing it, man. I got one. And, and I want to know what an Irish person thinks hearing it. Is it just ridiculous sounding? I don't know. I mean, I've listened to a lot of Irish people. I was on tour with this Irish guy, had a really thick accent from Cork, and I just loved hearing him talk. And at breakfast sometimes he'd be like, Andrew, good morning. He'd be like, mate, yuck, stop it, mate. I've had enough. Stop making fun of my accent. I'm like, Andrew, you don't understand, man. I am not making fun. I am fucking, I just can't get enough of this. It's like nacho cheese, man. I just want more. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. It's so weird how people think you're making fun of them when really it's all like, hi, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a white person with zero culture. <laughs> I have My parents don't like anything but like status. I have nothing. I have nothing at all. So all I can do is like suck like be a suck cultural cultural succubus to you. That that's what Hitler would call a uh, uh, culture uh, cosmopolitan leeches. Really? That's what he called the Jews. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That seems kind of nuanced in terms I know, of like I a, know. a my, put down. My dad threw that because I was saying you know we were debating whether these these Jew- Jewish clarinets from the old countries were mm-hmm. ripping a. Uh, 
like nomadic gypsy culture. Like ripping them? What do you mean? Like stealing? Well, them? like the Fragish and what? Yeah, yeah, like these these incredible clarinet techniques. And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, Hitler would have made that uh, that argument. Man, that's even more reason to not like him. I know, I know. Yeah. Not that you need any, but it's like, oh, you can't steal it, man. Fucking steal it. <laughs> if it's good, steal it. That's like in, it's like in reggae culture. Like you don't. Well, no, own. that was his criticism of. That's how he would. Hitler, criti- Hitler criticized the same people they were stealing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I say, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's and and I would I would argue incredible, you know, wisdom coming out of the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett. There's a lot of culture happening in that middle America. There is, there's tons of it. Yeah, you got plenty to work with here, sir. It's a shitload of it. <laughs> Maybe not. Some, it's you're just there. you're just from it, so you don't see it. Yeah. Tell, try to tell describe a water to fish. You know, <laughs> they're just in it. Yeah, there, there were a lot of characters uh, and, and around there, but it's definitely there was not. It was a different type. It was a more subtle breed of character. It Absolutely, wasn't something. Yeah. It wasn't like your gas station attendant in uh, Backwoods, Alabama, who's like is going to say something really, just real colorful. Like, oh, you couldn't. I tell you what, boy, you could knock the hat off a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Have you checked out? Uh, Last Chance You on Netflix. Last Chance You. Just watch the first five minutes. Okay. It's an American football player. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. And you can't. You can't understand you, what he's saying. You can't understand a word he's saying. He's like slick, slick, dickle, doo, dad, cackle, rack, snack, boo. Oh, we're up there and fucking down, dude. There's horns everywhere. We didn't know. Not even close, dude. Just like it's like a go 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 in Glasgow. Yeah. And oh, like, you can't understand anything. And I was like, dang, this is a tough one. But there, well, there's that level in America if you, if yeah, you go to the right places. Well, it's, that's, the, that's the weird thing. It's the same people. I know. The hillbillies are just Scottish people that have been warped by the seasons of the hills. That, warped by moonshine. That that threw me big time. When you it, found that out? Yeah. The, yeah, hillbilly. The Jamaican accent and the... All that shit. The, yeah, oh Irish. Jamaican gosh. Irish, same thing. Freaking me out. Well, go on, listen. I don't you know. I'm from Cork, Ireland, man. Want you know, listen. <laughs> can you? Can way, you kind of? Can you transition? Kinda, can you more? Can you crossfade between Oof. the two? Uh, Let's see. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. You're the only guy on earth for the job here. Ah, uh, what? Well, well, on, Rasta. But do it with a poem. Do it with a poem. <laughs> see, this is hard because I to, to do. <laughs> this is what I do. I coax Jamaica. the talent out of people. To do Jamaica, I have to like say certain words because it's like. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, I could. If I, I haven't been listening to a lot of reggae in the past few weeks, but if I listen to a lot of dance hall and a lot of DJ stuff, you could it's like it. da, da, one, da, da. it's like a, it's such a rhythmic thing because it's like you hear go, go between the poem and a dance hall. Okay, play, I'm, I'm, I'll play a bass line. <laughs> what? Oh, here. <laughs> okay, hold on. Here we are. But oh, I have to get in the voice first. This is what where we live here on the hillside. So it's hard to make the grapes grow without the rain. <laughs> but don't you know that this is man? We live where the studios now. Okay, I can fuck it. It's, yeah, too many, it's too many that's levels. That's too hard. That's too hard. But that, well, yeah. Rasta. Hey, nope. No, uh. Back you, away from it. I don't know. I'm not saying that a man is seeing now. 
There's so many words and there's so you many gotta, roster you words. You got to roll big to win big. So, you know, I didn't know. We got to try it. It's, I think I can do it. I think I can probably work it up. There is a, there is a transition f- phrase probably having to do with... Uh, yeah, that's the problem. It's the, it's the words. Yeah. What are the words? Yeah, trying to find common ground there. Let's get some bass. Let's get some some reverb. Is this a loop you made? This is some. Uh, this is that old record, Voodoo Drums. I think Soul Jazz put it out like 15 years ago. It's just a it's bunch nice. of a bunch of um, a bunch of drums from Haiti or something like that. Okay. 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 Oh man, we're coming. The time is a flying. It's huh? good. It's good. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to live a tape on the uh, Feral Audio Network. My guest today was Jack Stratton from the band known as Wolfpack, uh, and that's pronounced. Uh, is there anything? Is, can I go to your website? It's, it's here. It is. Here's the website. It's V U L F P E C. K.com. Now, play bass. I'm going to say the avionic alphabet to spell it out. Well, first, also, everyone fucking rate, review, and subscribe to the goddamn podcast. Go to patreon.com slash live to tape to donate to the podcast, and you can get all kinds of extra special goodies that you can't get listening here. I have extra episodes and extra mixes and all that cool shit, so do it because you got to support. Okay, here it is. Victor, Uniform, Lima, fuck, what's F, uh, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Fox, here we go, Victor, Uniform, Lima, Foxtrot, Pierre, Echo, Charlie, Kilo. Very well done. True, 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 Jack, thanks for being here, man. Uh, we're coming in last stop, Carbondale, stand clear of the doors, thank you. Okay, uh, we're in Carbondale, Illinois, uh, we found an extra pot of uh, honey here, we're gonna sell it off online. Uh, we're doing an we're doing an Etsy sale. Everything on Etsy is free. Go to Etsy.com. Uh, right now, for the next ten minutes, everything on Etsy is uh, no price, uh, as long as you put in the code 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 instant death, all caps. Uh, we got we got a customer service ticket on Etsy. Someone's trying to list something for over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he's getting an error page. Where where is that coming in in the source code? Send in the drone. We've got someone listing something for way too much. Send in the fucking drone. Send in the guy to Nancy Drone. Send in Nancy. Send in the Nancy Drone. We've got someone with a high listing. Thank you for listening to Live the Tape. We'll be right back in a flash. Bye.